0: Welcome to Turnbuckles, I'm John Reinman, and for my ninth birthday, I chose a tour of Logan Airport in Boston, overseeing Larry Bird play for the Boston Celtics.
1: I'm Tommy Rico, and I cashed in on an opportunity to buy all of the Power of the Force figures from the Star Wars Kenner line in the 1990s, thinking they would be worth as much as the Star Wars toys from the 70s, and I cashed in on those two decades later for about the same amount I paid for them, which means they depreciated
2: I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and during one Halloween as a kid, I chose to eat all the Reese's peanut butter cups I acquired that night in one sitting.
0: Hey, Tom, can we go back and do yours and make it longer? <laughs> well, the theme—it's
2: <laughs> almost—it's almost like segment one of yeah, Raw. Yeah,
0: it is. That's a good segue. Actually, uh, we've all cashed in on a coupon or a favor we wish we could have back. Did WWE make the same mistake? It's time for the Raw recap.
2: Raw recap.
0: Well, here's what I'll say. I didn't hate the Austin Theory thing in and of itself. And for those just checking in, Austin Theory has been carrying around the Money in the Bank briefcase for how long now? Almost a year, right? Yep. (laughs) Feels like forever. Yeah, because I remember it was my last, it was last school year. And so it was students I had about a year ago. And we were all, and there was, I had a couple students who really want to write for WWE and they're very talented. And they were saying Austin Theory is a big thing. So this has been a long time.
1: Well, he's Money in the Bank around. was
0: what, July? Oh, that's right. Was, yeah, in Vegas. Okay, so maybe not that long. But he's been big for, you know, about a year now. Um, and he cashed in for the U.S. title. You could cash in for the unified titles that Roman Reigns currently holds in the middle of a match. I mean, Roman is a, Roman's a fighting champion. He defends. And Austin Theory could have, in theory, cashed in. I mean, that was a hell of a match between... Logan Paul and Roman Reigns at uh, Crown Jewel the other night. a it's a premium live event. A lot of sizzle to it. Would that not? I'm just I it just, there's a big logic bump. And I know that everyone's like, oh no, you got to wait for long-term storytelling. He's an idiot is my short-term storytelling. And I don't mean that in real life. I'm just like the character of Austin Theory. I'm like, he's an idiot now. And I'm like, and then I've seen some people online say, oh, there's going to be a loophole. Ugh, no, like this, this sort of to do a dusty finish, meaning that you go, wait a minute, back up there. You didn't read the fine print. There's a the thing to do that with a week to go before we find out part two. It's just it's like I, 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 I don't get it. And I, I thought it was strange. And I don't for him to for Austin theory to cash in and not even win the U.S. title. What's going on? And also, um, perfect time to put him over last night. Like, I really thought there was going to be that Brock Lesnar run-in that was going to lead to a schmaz, which leads to, oh, my God, here comes Theory with the roll-up, and that's how you do it. And then that could be a wonderful program with Seth Rollins, and that's how you do a double turn. It, well, not really, because Theory's a heel anyway, but that's how you get Seth organically. We, he's all here to go into that babyface side anyway. Ugh. I don't know. I don't get it. Do you guys get the logic in what happened with Austin Theory last night, Julie? What do you think? Because I'm.
2: I think <laughs> it just doesn't make he's, sense. He's one of the biggest reversals ever since Vince left. I. It sounds to me like Vince was overseeing pretty much every segment Austin was in yeah. previously. And what, did I, what did I say Vince... about
0: what did I say about Austin Theory? He could be either John Cena, Kurt Angle, or. Brad Maddox. And you know who was big for Brad Maddox? Triple H. And oh. I wonder if Triple H had the same read. And it's just like, uh, won't get fooled again.
2: I but think they're doing some damage control for theory. I think. Not to be theory? confused
0: with damage control. Wait, oh, other, shoot. You're
2: right. Yeah. The, the other oddly named faction. faction.
0: We yeah. got to Sadie name some factions. That should be the next one yes. we do with her. Actually, that would be just great. Damage control, but. It's cool because it's not the first word
2: control. They do sound like a crisis management PR group. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be interesting. I would like that. <laughs> Has they, have they ever done that, Tommy, in WWE within the storyline? Have they ever had a crisis management? That's a, that's a cool gimmick. I'd like Coming that. Come to save the storyline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they should
1: offer crisis control for their fans. Um, I, I think that last night's segment with Theory unsuccessfully cashing in on seth with the money in the bank briefcase for a title that it had never been cashed in for before i think it it served the purpose in killing two birds with one stone it killed both austin theory and the money in the bank briefcase i think both of those things are
0: dead now oh, i i foreshadowing.
2: actually shadowing i actually and think the 24 7 title did you I see nikki that. cross essentially yeah. throw it in the trash
0: except except there was Fist. a there was a there was a hashtag trash botch. Trash botch. Okay, you got one thing to do. Cool. What is it? Just, you take, see that, this little belt? Yeah, it's, kind of, it's small compared to the others. Okay, see that giant trash barrel? Uh-huh. It's got to make a basket into the trash barrel. Right. I wish
2: I would have, I would have loved to have our truth sneak yeah. in the background and grab the belt and then run away with it. And he's the 24 seven title winner. Well,
1: we're not sure if our truth can run because hopefully get well soon. Our truth. Yes, he took oh, a nasty spill. Uh, he did a dive outside the ring in an NXT match. And it looked as if it was a severe injury. We haven't had any confirmation.
0: I, I did see fans bring that up, but yeah, good catch. It was like, yeah, I don't think our truth's going to show up, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I watched that side back over and over. Cause I was like, did she miss the trash can with the belt? And you could see behind her people, bright, like everyone kind of broke when they heard that <laughs> she didn't just miss the trash can. It made that famous bump, like it made the loudest. You missed the trash can sound possible.
1: It made <laughs> the same noise that Ali made when Lashley threw him over
0: the containers. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Kevin Dunn Which was hilarious, his, by the Kevin way. What a, that
1: was a wonderful spot. Just a great angle uh, and very funny, very well done uh, on Lashley and Ali's part. So I'm going to bring up Austin Theory as we have talked about him ad nauseum before as far as we don't like his previous transgressions. In the public eye, at least, we don't babysit him, but in the public eye, at least, he, he seems to have remained pretty controversy-free over the last like year where his push was pretty major. Yep. Um, and I will say that over the last few weeks, Austin Theory has put on some of the best, best matches of his career, including a banger with Ali. He's a that wonderful was, talent. He's a wonderful his, talent. His match with Ali was his best match, I think, ever. That was his best singles match. I think what happened with... So during the Austin Theory push, he was playing kind of the chicken shit heel who was in these like multi-person matches who kind of snuck in a win so money in the bank royal rumble uh elimination chamber he was a guy who was kind of uh disguised and covered by better talent than the ring with him but i felt like he was getting better and better week to week and especially over the last few weeks where the 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 stakes have certainly been way lower for austin theory he's put on really good work what they did to him last night he's not gonna be able to recover you know what that is that is uh, Kofi Kingston losing the championship to Brock Lesnar in seconds. Ugh. That is uh, how they de-pushed Dolph Ziggler. It, he's, he's done. He's, he's not going to be able to come back from this. That's it. He couldn't cash in on a deceased Seth Rollins. Like Seth Rollins was dead after an attack from Bobby Lashley and still somehow pulled out a win over someone who's cashing in a, a chance at the big title who has now settled for the secondary t- like so much is wrong with it i think that i don't think that their fans this current regime i don't think they're fans of the money in the bank concept and i think they may be killing it because they seem to be taking away a lot of these secondary uh, premium live events and they've been, there's been talk that some of them like hell in a cell might become matches on bigger shows but money in the bank that might be gone for good because well, last I, night they seemed to completely
0: kill the concept. Well, I had I had read that they were Money in the Bank would be a match at WrestleMania. Like it was. Which, that's how it started. Yes. yes. So, but then you would still have Money in the Bank, you would still have the briefcase. I don't know. I, I after what they did last night, that
1: concept has really really taken a it took a toll on it. I mean, it just looked so bad. Could it be it was, that
0: could there be someone else in the picture that advised Austin Theory to do it, to kind of screw with him, that we might find out he was manipulated story-wise? Is there any way to save it? No. Because it seems Really? No. I, I, there's just no way to say, We We have to stop looking for the bigger
1: story behind the story. What we see with our own eyes is generally it. There is no grander scheme with a lot of this stuff. Maybe with the Bray stuff, because again, that seems to exist in a completely separate universe than WWE. But as for WWE itself, its <laughs> characters and how they put them on screen... There is never a bigger deal behind it. There's never a reveal. It's always just like week to week. Yep, here we go. And let's do this thing. And
2: oh, that didn't work. Let's
1: try something else next week. Last now night was a comedy of, of, of
2: Loomis.
0: Oh, yeah. I, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, okay, so he did pay them, but he's fast forwarding. So now Loomis is actually mad at him. And I was like, what is happening, guys? Like, just say the Miz paid him and get out of this. What?
1: Yeah, they weren't satisfied with just killing Theory last night. They also killed Johnny Gargano, who, for some reason now, is an internet troll and loses to the Miz. So Johnny Gargano is now, I guess, a lower mid carder or a, a enhancement talent. I don't know who anyone is anymore. They're destroying all these people they've brought to the roster. It's unreal. I, I,
2: I like. It is so bad. Is this and really why Kevin Owens isn't there? He's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out until you guys figure it out. I wonder if out. Kevin yeah.
0: Owens did like Bruce used to do and banked a bunch of vacation days and then just took off the last two months of the year. Do you know oh, about
2: that? Bruce I has
0: talked about it. that. Bruce used to take really? off. He, he used to never take a vacation and then take off all of December. Yeah. <laughs> He's, well, he is working on yeah. a
1: better contract than he had before, so he could have worked that out.
0: But like, and then people, finally, I guess someone got mad and was like, why is Bruce never here? Because he just loves Christmas. But that's, it's kind of like, I love it because it's like something. <laughs> is, cra- is
2: Bruce Santa Claus?
0: Yeah. Well, he could be. It's, easy, it's easier to find Santa Claus, I think, uh, to get down and sit down and do a podcast. Uh, Bruce is so goddamn busy. But have I they checked that- the
1: bathrooms instead? Stanford?
0: <laughs> that, that's usually where brother love is hiding. So. Uh, no, I, I, that was a regular, uh, thing. We were bit both, uh, I guess he was drinking coffee. I don't know what it was or was it? soapy water or something. soapy water. I think it's called, but yeah, Bruce and I were, it was always like, we'd always, always see each other going in and out of the bathroom and give each other the fist bump. And then no doubt, and undoubtedly think afterwards, wow, that guy has to go to the bathroom a lot and then go, wait, I have to go to the bathroom a lot. So we had that relationship.
1: <laughs> I can't Julie's wait for laughing. your
0: memoir, John contrasting, be we'll good. talk it's, about it's the premium live it, event. and The bathrooms of, I visited.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the premium live event and all of the controversy surrounding it. But overall, as a show, I thought it was good. I thought it was generally raw? good. It moved. Uh, no, Crown Jewel. Well, let's stay on um, Raw
0: for a second. What did you think yeah, about Raw? But,
1: but that's the thing is they're coming out of a pay-per-view that was pretty good. And they've put on another awful, awful show coming out of a, a good live event. Thirty years of Raw. Did either of you spot anything positive from last night's Raw?
0: Like,
2: yes, absolutely, yes.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw some good stuff, Julie. Yeah. what you Yeah,
2: Lashley Asuka. and Ali. That moment was amazing. Yeah, uh, Oscar well, in the let me, ring was let me talk phenomenal. About,
0: let me talk about Lashley and Ali. Here's what I thought they were gonna do, and I actually I was gonna be like in Bruce's words, goofy as shit. So I, but I would have enjoyed it as just a viewer in the moment was. I thought they were going to do the old airplane gag, you know, an airplane where it's like, you know, calm, calm down, get a hold of yourself. The woman on the plane and then everyone's in line. They go, let me take a shot. And then they they slap her. And then the next person, I'm I'm a doctor. I could take it. Then he slaps, And then they go to the line of people. I thought (laughs) I thought somehow we were going to lead to for a minute. I had this thing where I was like, is this going to be a surprise? Cody Rhodes come back. Because there's been rumors that Cody's been advancing quicker than people thought. Oh, and there's thought. been a lot at, and there's been a lot of talk. Give Bruce another plug on his podcast lately about how John Cena was very smart with his body and came back from that, a very similar injury to get back sooner than people thought. And I'm thinking, cause they popped a big number last night. Raw had a, a 1.5 million, right? And Julie, as you said, over a million, anything these days is insane. And so they had a 1.5. And so I was thinking coming out of that premium live event, that it was having the vibe of this could be a surprise person. And we know it. Lesnar's not that much of a surprise. Cody would continue the, the program he had going with, uh, with Seth Rollins. What I was kind of hoping was I was hoping for that airplane moment where there would just be a series of eight people that just go back and forth and be like, I'm going to, Hey, it's me, Ali. I'm going to take you out. Look, It's me, Bobby Lashley, and I've had it with you. Hey, it's me, Otis, and it would just go for like (laughs) eight minutes and just have the calm down, calm down, get a hold of yourself from Airplane until finally we reveal who it's really going to be. But uh, no, it was just, uh, it could have been fun. It could have been funny. And and then it was Bobby Lashley, and then we had the weird money in the bank thing. You know what that reminded me of? You ever get CVS coupons and you get one for 40% off each week? And you try to find the really expensive thing you need to use that coupon on. You know you know what uh, Austin Theory did? He spent his 40% off on one tube of toothpaste, and then he dropped the toothpaste in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, tremendous storytelling there. And maybe I, there is a part two, but I'm like, well, you've like you guys have said, for the next week, I think this guy's a moron. After a year, well, like, oh, he's pretty cagey. And I'm like, no, he's just an idiot.
2: As Tommy said, though, it made us feel bad for Austin Theory, which is the first time in I a did. really I don't long time that, that I've had character. feelings. Why do you feel Austin bad Theory? for him? He was
0: a moron. Why would you do that? Why do you feel bad for him?
2: I think he got caught in backstage personnel handoffs.
0: Like, oh, you mean in 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 real life? Not yeah. in. Oh yeah, yeah. I do feel bad. Yeah, in real life. But I'm like, again, this is supposed to be suspension of disbelief. It's an uh, episode. We're so
2: past that.
0: <laughs> it's a <laughs> well it's a, it's the a longest running episodic TV show even though it's not episodic, it's linear. Please look that up, people at WWE. Gosh. Generally I'm I'm the positive guy so there there were whoa, a handful of positive things no time, what are you time about? Guys, out, Time I, out.
1: I was I was Mr. Sunshine cut. until the recent run that WWE run has been on When were you
0: ever Mr. Sunshine
1: Oh my god I'm cut Mister, the, I Mr. I no, generally the the one who this is where out I tell positives No this That's is right That's how where we I... got that's this how we I, got to feeling sorry for Austin Theory. No, this okay. is your this is your Roddy putting Piper him over for weeks.
0: This is your Roddy Piper promo where I'm Vince and I bark into Michael Cole and say, bury it. Bury it. He's bombing out there. What do you mean oh. you're Mr. Sunshine? Since when? Just when you think you have the answers, I change the questions. You're just here a minute ago, you're talking about I don't know who's anybody anymore. Now you're Mr. Sunshine about WWE? That's- After the text, I'm not gonna do it because we're friends, but my my good sir, I have a lot of evidence on this phone right here. That indicates you are not Mr. Sunshine, at least by okay. a text message. Unless Lorenzo is <laughs> sending me some stuff this weekend. Well, speaking of uh, text messages. So before
1: showtime, we, Julie and I were discussing cause she adores Bobby Lashley as a human being. And I was mentioning I that Confirmed. I, I actually prefer Bobby Lashley as a heel. Um, I never want to see him outside of suits and sunglasses in promos anymore. Uh, I want to see old hurt business, Bobby Lashley, because that works for him, specifically because he gets to play a character that's not him in real life. Bobby Lashley, the real life human being, seems to be a very nice guy, but that doesn't go over well on TV, and every time they put him out there as a babyface, it it comes off as really neutering him, and it, it never works, because for a while, remember, Bobby was getting these huge Bobby chants, and there was this big explosion every time Bobby Lashley came out from the fans. And all of a sudden, weeks go by and it starts to dull. And the crowd pops get a little softer. And then all of a sudden, he's just another generic baby face on the roster. It's because that character doesn't work as well as heel Bobby Lashley, who is presented as a threat. And he certainly is one. Uh, And I loved what he did last night. And I like... I like the the thought of So this the, is a heel
2: turn, right? Did I miss something? Was this before?
1: Yeah. It's been about a couple weeks in the making that there oh, were okay. little hints that Lashley was turning heel, but then uh-huh. the big one was uh, post-match at Crown Jewel that he continued to attack Lesnar after a shock victory, which by the way, I never thought I'd say this, a shock victory with a quick pinfall loss actually worked with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. That was not the finish anyone saw coming, and I liked that. And then it, it showed, so Bobby Lashley locked in. Twitter
2: disagreed with you.
1: Oh, that well, Twitter can, you know what? Uh,
2: <laughs> okay, Mr. Sunshine. It is.
0: <laughs>
1: we, we have Bobby Lashley uh, put, throwing on the hurt lock on Lesnar, and Lesnar throws himself forward so that Lashley... Or, or he throws himself backwards so that Lashley is now on the canvas, and they and the referee called a pin because he hadn't released the hold, and he was trying to get Lesnar to submit. And meanwhile, his shoulders were on the mat. No, one, they two, weren't. Three.
0: No, they weren't. Well, his, th- his right shoulder, Tom, was nowhere near that mat. Nonetheless, you, the referee you could have you it. could you could have put Hornswoggle standing up between okay. the mat and that shoulder. I'm sorry. Well, that was the finish to the match.
1: And it gave a very justified Bobby Lashley all the reason in the world to turn heel, which oh. I liked. I like the justified heel turn. I don't like it. Like the heel turns don't always have to be dastardly or chicken shit. There is a different way to do a heel turn where somebody is legitimately pissed off because they've been wronged. And I like that type
0: of heel turn. Bret Hart. Works. That was the greatest. That was one of the better ones. The double Absolutely. turn with Steve Austin. That's, and then that whole thing that came out. That is the uh,
1: textbook justified heel turn.
0: Happy 25th anniversary, by the way. Montreal, quote, screw job. I'm sorry, but just to go off a, a bit here on a tangent, and not really, because that, that was a, a raw-based program and angle. Um, what, at what point are people going to say, hey, wait a minute, with the Montreal screw job? Does anyone else? I'm sorry. It's just like for 25 years now, everyone's been talking this thing up. Everyone's been making money off of it. Uh, They've continued to do it at what point, like there's a film crew. I'm sorry in this age where it's like, we're supposed to see things for what they are. Am I crazy for just being like, does anyone, am I the only one that just thinks for sure now that this was a work that went wrong and got out of hand?
1: Yeah, John, it's why, it's why they've never drained Loch Ness. Okay. It's a legend and it is a, uh where they can make money off of it. But you think it's,
0: it's you think he really did get screwed even though they had a film crew that was allowed backstage and Vin, Vince McMahon, I'm sorry, Vince McMahon allowed a documentary crew shooting a documentary called Wrestling With Shadows to come get unlimited, unprecedented backstage access with all those things and oh, Brett just happened to be wearing a wire when he went in there and that was in the movie and then all of a sudden out of that came Mr. McMahon, come on. I think there were there were worked elements. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm you on know, your side. I, I that's think why I, that's was, why I brought up Nessie. I think <laughs> this, I think Brett was in on it. I'm just gonna I I do. Yeah, and I think there I'm were definitely
1: elements in there, but I think as far as like was the whole thing a work? Probably.
0: I think, and there I will say that in my brief time at WWE, I met no fewer than eight writers that also share that same opinion.
2: Yeah, I do very, think he very privately and in
0: groups of two or three. You wouldn't say it out loud, but like. Come on. And a couple that are like really good, well-respected that didn't have proof, but they were just like, what? They were just like, come on. And, and if you go on to, uh, the dark side of the ring documentary on the Montreal screw job, where again, everyone comes out of the woodwork and everyone talks very freely about this painful moment in their life. Uh, Scott Hall, who famously just said whatever he felt and usually put it in a very interesting and you know, Oh wow. Yeah. He's right. Kind of way. He lays it out at the end, all the reasons he thinks. And the best point he made, in my opinion, was Vince McMahon gets a black eye and walks like he just got hit with a cannon. And meanwhile, when he tore both quads, he tries to no sell it and walks to the back when he's off camera. Okay. Also in the ring, after the bells called, there is a moment where
1: Shawn Michaels is in a very prone position, and Brett could have absolutely snapped his ankle. Yep. They just where they, were, where they were on the canvas, Michaels was face down with his ankle literally in the grasp of Brett Hart. If Brett was legitimately shocked and pissed, that ankle would have been broken in, in half, in two seconds. Also, and we've it, seen... That didn't happen.
0: We've seen Brett's reaction... I mean, Brett's reaction to Goldberg can, I mean, it might as well have just happened yesterday. I love it. Like people like, first of all, I don't love the story. I don't love the way Brett's career ended. Um, and very sad and unfortunate. What I do love is how he's managed to keep that hatred for Bill Goldberg. I, I love it. All that stuff about, Hey, time heals wounds. And you got to love everything. I love that. Brett has stuck to his convictions and it's just like, Fuck that. And I love that every weekend we can count on someone at a convention like right down the street from me right now in Saugus, Massachusetts, tweeting out a video where they go, Brett, do you like Goldberg? No. Fuck him. I love that.
2: It's my favorite meme in the wrestling community where someone says, whose fault was the Sam Punk elite debacle backstage? And you just have a clip of Brett saying, Goldberg. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's but but
0: I love it, and I love that he won't let it go. But that's my point, is that he let. It's just the, the whole thing with if you ever listen to the documentary, the 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 voiceover on the documentary where he's like, "They screwed me, they screwed me, the bastards." That doesn't sound like real Bret Hart. It sounds. It doesn't even sound like Brett cutting a promo. Bret Hart. I don't know. It's just because look, I love Tom. You and I love something to wrestle. We love that podcast with uh, Conrad Thompson and Bruce Prichard. And how many versions, I just, I was listening to, they had a great remix of, but I was just like, guys, this is a story at this point. Like, I was like, come on. And I, I don't mean to undermine anybody, but like, I'm sorry. Like in this day and age where we're all finding out all these different things that were works in all walks of life.
2: Why should I assassination? Believe?
0: Well, I mean, Julie, the existence up f- of UFOs. I was just talking about this recently with somebody is that someone asked me, hey, that Nicole Kidman moment on Fallon, was that genuine? No, that was a work. He knew she was going to talk about that they were on a date and they had it all planned out because everything f- on a talk
1: show is a work. When, when yeah. I found
0: that out, I was like, holy shit. But I'm just saying they've done a better job keeping that seem. They've done a better job making that seem like a shoot than the Montreal screw job people have done. I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, uh, everyone down, I, I don't know what's going on with Earl Hebner. Earl's gone away and I hope he's not in failing health. Um, Tom, can we agree? Maybe the best referee of all time. I think so. And uh, in that style, because I think refereeing has changed
1: in recent years for the better. Uh, but as far as like what Earl was called upon to do, especially in the era that, cause he was the, the lead referee and he yeah. was in all the big matches.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Mike Chioda would be another one I would, I would put up there too. Um, But uh, Earl, even Earl came around and I did feel for him in the dark side of the ring documentary, but then there gets to a point where you're like, how many card shows are you going to go to and sit next to Brett before I'm like, hold on, you know, like, I'm just like, I just don't think (sighs) I just feel like for Bret Hart, for still holding a grudge against Goldberg the way he does, which I don't fault him for. Wouldn't you just be pissed for the rest of your life if that was real? Would you ever, have, would you ever forgive Shawn Michaels or Vince McMahon? I wouldn't. I just don't but think it's real. That's the thing is, my- John, all le- legends never die,
1: but there do have to be people around to water them.
0: Yes. <laughs> Can I tell you <laughs> I what agree I think? With that. Can I tell I you what I, I think? I think one day Brett's going to come clean. I think one day Brett's going to come out. I don't know. I think
2: there's more money in it continuing to be a conspiracy. Then. I think
0: if you look at the way he's gone in life, where he's he's got a new lease on life, he's he's found he's in a new marriage, uh, he's found re, he's, re, uh, uh, he's reunited with a lot of family members, he's found peace. down on his
2: hatred of Goldberg.
0: Yes, which is which is a form of uh, meditation, I'm told, and <laughs> so <laughs> and so he he's found this peace, and I feel like I don't want to get dark, but I feel like if there's a day down the road where uh, Vince is no longer with us. Um, I could see Brett saying, "Hey, you know what? Since you know, let's let's let the cat out of the bag. You know, since there Brett, is no more Brett money Hart. To be by made. the way, right now is like
1: hotter than ever. All of a sudden, there is like this Bret Hart revival where people are discovering his matches. Uh, FTR have now moved to black and pink because they're huge Bret Hart fans, and you know, it's it's very cool to see because Brett's a guy that I was a huge fan of in the Hart Foundation, and then in his initial singles run." When he was the Intercontinental Champion, that was always my favorite championship. That was the working man's belt, and that was the working man's uh, wrestler. So basically, the best wrestler on the roster was typically Intercontinental Champion. And so a lot of the years where Brett was at his biggest in the company were lapsed years for me, were basically Mm -hmm. the years that I stopped watching because it was too cartoonish. And the thing is, when you go back and look at Brett during that era, he was still Brett. There was still nothing. Like he didn't change, but a lot of the things around him got sillier and that wasn't his fault. But as far as like, I've, I've grown a new appreciation for Bret Hart and have definitely started watching old Brett stuff because he was just the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be. Not my number one of all time, but has now vaulted into my top five after reanalysis.
0: I, and just, I will say that you know, I'm going to contradict myself here because (laughs) I just, I just threw the Montreal screw job under the bus, but I did always looked up to him for a long time because if you look at, I mean, I'm not, you know, I think a lot of people can, but there is a pattern with Brett where it's interesting, where it's like, you know, Brett Hart got screwed out of his long a long time job in a very shady way. That's unprecedented. Um, He had a stroke and went through divorce. And I'm also someone who had a very shady end to a longtime job, which became infamous and unprecedented. Um, I also had a stroke and I went through a divorce. And so I would say that he's one of my top three wrestlers, but if there's anyone in wrestling that I'd love to just have lunch with and just talk about life, it would probably be Bret Hart wow. just because it would say, I would just say, and also great tremendous personal loss in his family, um, which I can relate to. And, you know, I would just say, uh, yeah, it would just be someone to do, not talk about wrestling. Just talk about life. Yeah. And uh, I would say he'd be the top of my list if I could talk to anybody. And it wouldn't be for It would just be like, just talk, you know. Uh, but speaking of talk and long talks, segment one last night on Raw. Tom, was that a record for modern times? It was a record for me in terms of something that didn't pay off. I had it clocked at about 16, 16 and a half minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's there was a, a lot of
1: chatter. Segue. There was a lot of chatter online that the crowd wasn't really good last night. I don't think the crowd had a lot to cheer. The opening segment really was polarizing for me because I like both teams. And as far so, it, we had the Usos and we had the New Day. So the New Day have the all-time record for holding the tag team championship, and the Usos are about to break that record in terms of not number. In terms of one, one reign. They've had a the longest yeah, time. Not, yeah, not, not consecutive, a consecutive reign and not yes. like cumulative. Yes. But so the New Day, uh, if uh, the New Day have a match on SmackDown with the Usos and whoever wins that it can lay claim to the longest streak. Um, I liked what New Day said. I liked what the Usos said. It went a little long. That segment could have been tighter. But as far as what they were saying to each other, I dug it. Because there was some real emotion in there, and, and uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi both uh, talked about how, hey, we were, we were chilling and catering, wondering if we had jobs, and we were doing all this stuff, trying to make a big noise so people would see us and notice us, and so we would be able to feed our families and not get fired, and you guys were royalty. You came in with, you know, championship bloodline. You guys came in with your dad and your and your uncles, and your whole family already in the company, and you were trained by them, like, we came up from the ground up. And then the Usos came back at, you guys don't know how hard it was for us. We had champions literally training us from when we were kids. How hard do you think that was? So I liked what they were saying. It was just a little too much. And then Riddle comes in and farts on the whole thing. Riddle is still over, but he is starting to is get he? go away. He, he's still over with, I think, kids and casuals, but I think he's starting to get go away heat from the diehards, and that eventually will drag him down. Well, It I'm made gonna, me
2: realize Randy Orton elevated Matt Riddle more than I think Matt Riddle elevated Randy Orton. But well, also- and
1: Riddle, Riddle put on some real sloppy work in the six-man match that they had. Riddle looked... Ast- like riddle seems to be a momentum guy. And when he was working a lot, his stuff looked good. You could see through everything he was doing on raw. It was because he hadn't been in a match for a little bit and it was ugly. And so it was not only did he totally shit on that segment, but then didn't really help the match much. But I love the fact that he had to, he ate the pin solo. Sokoa defeated uh, Matt riddle. That's a huge, Huge win for Solo. Who we haven't talked about a whole lot. That kid is awesome. He is great, and it's so cool to see them push him like the talent that he is. Because he's really one of the only newer wrestlers on the main roster that hasn't like, has gotten an opportunity and hasn't lost the shine yet.
0: I just want to defend uh, Riddle, though. Believe it or not, because uh, you know I know he could be a divisive figure and maybe doesn't need being defended all the time, but. To me it's just it's it's been poor writing for quite a while with Riddle. And there were some really funny backstages for a while. And I know it was even without Randy, where he would just kind of show up and he wasn't quite a Dan Housen and he wasn't quite a truth, but he was sort of like a guy that Julie, if we and Tommy, if we ever do the uh, um the Thunderdome funny. or whatever, yeah. The funny, funny brawl. Funny brawl. Was yeah, funny funny brawl. Brawl. funny brawl in the Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, where it's just it's just a it's a premium live event of just all the funniest wrestlers, and it's just nonstop gags. Hosted and by Sami
2: Zayn and Dan Hazen.
0: Why not? It would be so much. It would be so much fun to do it once a year, but have, have have people from every promotion, just the funniest ones. It's like the all. It's like the all-star game of just being of funny wrestlers, and I would put Riddle in there, but it's just been poor writing, and it's you know what it is. Um, I just feel like I know who's writing it. And I oh, just really, yeah. Huh? And I just think there's, there's a, let me, ch- I know how to write and I'm a great writer. I know how to do comedy and it is the most humorless voice I've ever seen huh. coming in, in any form of writing. I am not going to sit here and say by any stretch of the imagination that I was meant to write for WWE, that I was equipped for that. I think that ship had sailed long before I, got there into the office. I think I was just, I had gone past that point where I could learn that skill, so to speak, or not learn it, but just embrace it. But so I'm, I'm not going to say, but I'm going to say in terms of comedy, uh, sorry, really, really bad. And when you are a senior person who can get away with saying what's good or bad and the final vote is that's funny timeout, aren't you also the judge of saying that's funny? So, yeah, You give a guy a bunch of material, he goes out there and, and bombs with his stupid <laughs> bongos and bong jokes. How does this keep happening? When is someone going to step in? You know, they had this big thing where they hired a bunch of comedians, and then they got rid of them, and there was some chest-thumping about, the comedians couldn't cut it. You guys can't cut it. WWE is painfully unfunny right now. It is humorless. And if you go back, everyone from Mick Foley to The Rock to Kurt Angle, all those guys, in the Attitude Era, Stacey Keebler will tell you that, like, dude, we were funny. We learned how to be. when If the crowd's not going to buy into the suspension of disbelief, which is hard to do when you have a guy cashing in out of nowhere with n- just make nonsensical reasoning, the least you can do is be entertaining and be funny. The OC kind of pulled it off a couple weeks ago. I was a fan of that. I like that segment with the I like. Look, man, you know what was interesting about the OC segment? It was almost like they got together and saw, hey, you guys want to make a bunch of balls jokes? This is how you make the balls jokes. And they did that one time, and it killed. And it was like, see? And then since and it then was
1: quick, though, John. That was the thing. It was quick, and it was backstage, and it was produced well. That's the difference. I will yes. totally agree with you on Riddle. I mean, I, I was really positive on Riddle's run over the summer, and he was putting on good work. And the thing about riddle is, all right, I've said it before and I'll say it again. White guy who likes weed is not a personality, okay? And so when you do weed jokes, weed joke, weed is legal. It's yeah. legal in most states, okay? It's you legal in most could, states.
0: You could throw joints at him like he's stone cold. It's hey, tw- hey, <laughs> let's throw me another joint th- And it's supposed it wouldn't It wouldn't it, matter. Why don't you just do that? Yeah, yeah that's gave, actually pretty hey, funny. Hey, it's, you know what? Here's tri- Ryman here, who hasn't been there for three years, and I'm, and I'm dead tired right now. I just gave you a funnier idea out of my ass than there was... I'm sorry. Like, it's just... It, WWE right now, since Bray Wyatt has come back to apparently be the sullen teen in the bedroom, he's Daria, apparently. That's his new personality.
2: Oh, shoot. I would like that, though.
0: <sighs> well, whatever. But yeah, I know. But at least he'd be friends with Beavis and Butthead. They'd show up at some point. <laughs> but... I don't know who's showing up right now. Now that he's doing this emo thing, there is just no humor. It's humorless and it's just so not funny. And if you look at AEW, which we'll get to as we always do with AEW and why, it is so much more entertaining and charming and just fun to watch. Even when the show and the wrestling doesn't hit and people aren't hitting their spots, it's at least funny. Dan Housen coming out of a locker perfectly on cue is fucking funny and there's no one doing anything remotely close to that level of entertaining except for Sami Zayn in WWE, and uh, Sami's doing it on his own. He's he's going into How is the company
1: with no writers funnier than the one with like 100 writers?
0: Because the guy that's just doing his own shit is the only one making people laugh because Sami Zayn's fucking funny, and he knows how to be funny, and it's like Will Ferrell being like he can look at a sketch and go, this is shit, I'm going to put on the tighter shirt, and I'm going to make everyone laugh. That's what, seg,
2: that's what seg one was missing was oh Paul Heyman or Sami Zane.
0: And by the way, Paul, by the way, has been great in that he's been great sort of in that Phil Hartman sort of role where he has been the straight man to Sami Zayn, and he's been, it's and been he's been awesome. setting him up and he's been making the yeah. facial expressions and like, that's pretty amazing. But it, it, I'm sorry, if you're going to use both those guys in the same program and the same segment, if you're going to put them in the same cab, so to speak, I need more entertainment and Mm. it's just WWE. It's not funny right now. And I know they brought in Rob fee and they said, it's going to get funny. It has not been funny. It has not been entertaining and, uh, unimpressed.
2: Who is Rob fee?
0: He's the guy that's, he's a horror writer, but he really wrote for Ellen. And so he's going to, why would he
2: make it funny though? If he's a horror writer, well,
0: haven't you been following Julie? He's going to save WWE. Maybe Bray well, Wyatt I is going to dance through that. the aisles. <laughs> I felt for Rob. Like, look, man, I look. you know, politics side and all that stuff. Cause Rob fee, go Google him. But I felt for, I, I, I do know what it's like. You got a bullseye on your back when you're a comedy person and you go into WWE and it's really too bad. They have that attitude and they let that culture exist at WWE because they need help. Like they need, like, there's nothing humorous. There's not, it's all, Oh do you believe he did that? The commentary is still flat. There's nothing memorable. Becky Lynch in her 30 seconds as Cindy Lopper on Young Rock was a billion, a billion times funnier than anything other than Sami Zayn. You know what? Just, just have everyone be redhead in WWE. Well, Hire a bunch of redheads fu- and make them be funny. Get rid the of two
2: yeah, Sammy yeah. Zayn, Sheamus, Becky Lynch, have, James, Kev, yeah. have
0: have Kevin Owens dye his hair and just make that like you know how Kevin. they had all the guys that looking like Kevin Roberts and then they had all the guys go with the redheads for a while. They seem well, to be the only funny people in wrestling. The two right now, funniest WWE. things
1: on Raw last night involved Ali almost getting murdered by <laughs> getting thrown into a bunch of stuff and Asuka and Io Sky. Let's talk which about that. We should segue to
2: it. Really is. One of the best things to get to work with Asuka. It is. It is my favorite. She, her energy is so amazing. She is down for anything. You give her anything, she makes it a hundred times better in the ring. She. I, I think she's being so underutilized right now. I don't know what her story is. I don't know what her direction is. Same with Alexa. I don't really know. They're just baby faces. I think that's my problem right I, now. Is- I told
0: you if you follow Alexa on Twitter, there's little passive aggressive jabs in there, He's and I don't. I, I don't disagree.
2: It's just hi. I'm a baby face, so I'm automatically with Bianca.
0: Why? I mean, like, why doesn't Alexa? You know, Alexa must really love the business. She must really love wrestling, because honestly, it's like why? Why? Why not just go away at this point? Like she is so, so underused. she's under contract, probably. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, up. but I mean, she's already had a, a career and life-threatening injury to her neck and she's already made money and, she, and they just keep misusing her it's like you know so many people she must just love it so much and i just give her so much credit to keep doing it and we've already uh, talked about this before how she gets bullied for real in the ring awesome. and
1: in the face of that misuse Nonsense. she has put on better and better work i again crown jewel put on a great match put yeah. on a great match on monday night raw uh, i don't well we're now that we're talking about pe- you know people taking liberties did uh, either of you notice that So Io Sky and Asuka have a magic together. They do. uh, They really do. Undeniable. Uh, Io, I think, is a better performer when she's in the ring with Asuka. Um, And so there but there was a moment. So Asuka definitely works stiff. I mean, you can just see that and hear that in her matches. When you come out on the other side of an Asuka match, you're going to feel it. And there was a point where Dakota Kai, uh, I think, maybe got a little too stiff with Asuka, and Asuka uh, gave her some receipts for that. <laughs> there was really? Some, oh yeah, there was some definite... You know when she huh. puts that extra mustard on the backhand, That's when. That's when you know you've, you've fucked up. That's when you know you've, you've actually uh, hit her a little too hard because Dakota, who again we've talked about it week after week for whatever reason, she just works super sloppy. She had an amazingly bad promo <laughs> So this week, by the way, Dakota Kai got to be the Bianca, Bianca, Bianca person. That's right, baby. Oh,
0: yeah. Someone right hit passage. List- Whoever Whoever the, at Beetlejuice Stanford, the Beetlejuice spot. Stanford. That's the Beetlejuice spot. Yeah, that's the Beetlejuice spot. You should just <laughs> put that in officially now. Oh, we're How to do did the, uh, Vince
2: never put that on the band list? That saying someone's name three times. No one does that in life on, on the band list. Yes, thank you. No one
0: does that. And no. if if anyone said that to me, I would say, Oh God, I've seen this before. You're having a stroke. Quit. You need to come to the hospital with me and Bret Hart. We're going to take care of you.
1: I mean, if no someone in Stanford is literally just doing that to troll a up and coming wrestling podcast. Good job. Um, it's working. Yeah. But uh, so, so we had Dakota Kai start with Bianca, 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 which is already, we're already off to a great start and uh, followed up by saying the only reason that Bailey hasn't eaten Bianca. Yeah. She backtracked after she said that, but that's how she opened her. promo. <laughs> is that- I,
0: You have the only reason you haven't eaten B- Bailey. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy. Oh, OK. Well, hey, what's it? They got one point five million viewers last night. So they did give them props for that. We'll see how much they can retain. And if you want to check it out and see w- it, what the part, the part two of some of this stuff is. And if it holds up Monday Night Raw, airs Mondays at eight on USA. Hey, let's talk about Crown Jewel. So first of all, the Bray Wyatt promo—you guys liked this, I think. I, again, it's a logic thing for me. Oh, Julie, no, not not on board. I didn't see it. I'm on the other I'm side not,
1: of that fence. Yeah, I loved it. No, I loved it. Um, so, and by the way, I had major, major issues with with watching the Saudi show. I felt incredibly icky and uncomfortable watching it. I again, I support the performers, and I'm covering it for the show today. That's why I watched it. But overall super gross in a number of ways. Not the least of which was starting the PLE, starting the premium live event with anytime WWE does something horrifically wrong, they always send out Titus O'Neill. What is that? all? Why is he their (laughs) fall guy? Poor Titus has to go out there and like cover up war crimes every time he's on camera. (laughs) So we, we start the show and I really did feel disgusting The quality of the show helped me feel a little better, but it it just lingered. There's so much wrong with it. I'm sure we'll talk about it. But as far as Bray's segment, the drones forming Bray's logo was amazing. Uh, But then flip that to Bray's interdimensional portal door, which is literally just a regular wooden door on hinges.
0: Hey, do you think that's the APA door just with some Christmas lights on it?
1: Well, they should have greased it because it didn't open.
2: <laughs> it's supposed to whip open
1: and it only opened a
0: quarter of the way.
2: So, so it's, it's like, like when they, Oh man. Oh
0: man. You so have so it's like, like when, when Jerry locked his door and Kramer just ran into it.
1: You have like, you like $25 million <laughs> of drones in the sky making an upside I, I down love, moth.
0: I love when you can't open a door. I want to see the footage of him going and just falling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We've had a door bump door botch door botch. See that yeah. would have
2: been on Funhouse, and it would be so funny.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I just, my thing is like, he flew all the way to Saudi Arabia to get in the ring and talk about his feelings. And then a video, uh, just like. Johnny, he went there to sell t-shirts. He, they, that's why he was there. He was there to sell moth t-shirts. I'm just getting so tired of this. I want to tell you about my feelings. I've had a, it's just like. But this one worked uh, because well, then it actually furthered the story a little bit. You owe me $60 then, Bray. You owe me a copay at this point.
2: <laughs> if I have to hear the-
0: about your fucking feelings one more time. I have problems. We all have problems right now. Fuck. Give us some all puppets. Right. Give us some fiend it, shit. It was more than feelings. He cut. He, so he
1: cut the promo talking about his wrestling family and the fiend and his personal identity. And then we had Uncle Howdy interrupting on the screen to push Ugh. Gray towards putting on the mask and never taking it off. Uh, I, it furthered the story. It used some cool images, including a brief photo exposed glimpse of the fiend's mask which I think we all want. I think we but all want the feedback because just do it.
0: Why didn't you open with that? Guns and Roses I, doesn't come out and go, Hey, we're going to do welcome to the jungle, but here's 30 minutes of new shit we've been experimenting with. Okay. And then okay. The, the yin bit. and the yang you of this is with that the, the shit that's awesome. It,
1: it was a good promo, but it should have happened like three weeks ago. I, that, that I will give you this. Yeah. Was,
2: we just needed this once. Yeah. I don't need you coming it should out. Should have happened cat- on September 23rd at 9:23 p.m. No, I, I, but I don't yeah. need you coming out looking like you're
0: going to a parent-teacher conference for four, three or four weeks in a row and talking about your feelings. I'm just sorry. Like, it just makes me depressed. I I go to WWE. I go. You watch wrestling to escape from this. You want the fun of the puppets and the whatever, whatever the new version of the Fun House is going to be. You want that. You want the fiend coming out of nowhere. I'm so tired of, like you said, like he exists in his own universe. You know what? We should just have an, an all Bray Wyatt premium live event at this point, where it's just nothing but you cut to it's a Bray backstage, then there's a video from Uncle Howdy, then Bray's in the ring talking about his feelings, then there's another video from Uncle Howdy. Now he's backstage again and just go for see how much money. Because you know what? The sad thing is, people would watch it. You could get a two hour <laughs> premium live event that's just, it's the Bray Wyatt one man show. And, then, and it finishes
1: with a Bray Royal Rumble where he just throws himself out, and, yeah.
0: and is declared the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, anyway, I'm just, is I'm that sure. where All this the is good going?
2: Stuff. Is he fighting him? I keep seeing online like, wow, so powerful. He's going to be fighting himself, and I'm just like, this. The only sound cool. Yeah. Well, the only interaction <laughs> that
1: they have teased with another performer is that the moth keeps showing up on Alexa Bliss's like background. So, so he's going to fight it,
2: it, Alexa Bliss.
0: I think that they- <laughs> yeah,
1: we're going right back to the attitude era again. Intergender matches. Next thing you know. Well, so I mean, they got rid of the 24 seven belt. So no more hardcore title
0: title Not, pal. show yeah. some respect. Show some respect.
2: <laughs> I refuse to let that go away. That's that. That belongs to our truth. That belongs in the hall of fame with our truth's <laughs> name next to it. He made that title what it is, which he did. Now I'm not putting over our truth. So what analogy. do we think? I'd like over. to think
1: that Nikki, Nikki, uh, Nikki Cross, when she tried to toss it into the garbage can, the garbage can was
0: just like, nope. And sidestepped
1: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I refuse it to die. It sold
1: the belt.
0: You don't think anyone knows. Every sound that there is of metal hitting. as Like farm animals and all this other shit that it hit by mistake. Um, Kevin
2: Dunn did sweeten that. <laughs> Kevin Dunn, yeah. He was, he
0: was backstage with his police academy voice going. <laughs> anyway, um, do we think uh, overall, forgetting the Saudi Arabia, which we'll get to in a second, good or bad premium live event? Tommy, you thought it was a good one. I thought it was good. I mean, that it, obviously, damage control
1: being on the schedule is never going to help. But you look at the match. I mean, Mr. Omos Sunshine, versus, everybody.
0: everybody's o- here all week. He's Omos versus Braun
1: Strowman earth. was a big beefy boy match. Was
2: it great? No. Was it entertaining? Yeah. <laughs> big beefy was a- boy match. It was more entertaining on Twitter from what uh, I saw.
0: If you pitch Judge- that in the room, would Vince have said, it'd be like, what's our step for this one? This one, uh, it's a big beefy boy match. I bet you he would have done it. Mm, <laughs> <my> beef. <mother. laughs> big beefy boy Where's match. Where's my ketchup? And then it would have been like, does anyone know what the chairman means? My big beefy boy match. There, nope. there were there were I two. Know. I don't know, do you? <sighs> As to there, should have been and,
2: sponsored by Hungry Man. Like, yeah, I know, yeah,
0: I know. That's that would have been the the opportunity. But there um,
1: were there were a couple of filler matches. There were two excellent matches. Those being the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. Which you, I, there is a very very uh, tiny tiny amount of things that are more surprising than me being on board with the Brawling Brutes. I've always liked Pete Dunn, Butch's work, but I was not a Ridge guy. They put on a great match with the Usos and they're they're a thing. The the Brawling Brutes are officially a thing and now, you know, Sheamus just got married so he's going to be away for a little bit. Uh, I think he's healing up some injuries too. Um, So Brawling Brutes have to kind of stand on their own and that match with the Usos was great. Uh, I do want to talk about Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. All right. Um, The only negative to that match other than the unfortunate injury to Logan Paul. Yeah. It seems like he's, his knee exploded at some point. Yep. No one seems to know when that happened. I thought it happened on the last spot where he dove outside the ring because he landed awkwardly. And it. then he, that you could see the limp, but some people said it happened mid match, whatever the case is for gutting it out and, and making it happen. Logan Paul put on a very good match. Tremendous. Uh, sex pest, Jake Paul being involved. Not my favorite thing. Um, yes, is that, his, he, is that
0: his official nickname. Is it like Seth freaking Rollins be. And, and Sex uh, Pest Jake Paul? Gu-
1: Google that, uh, okay. lots of entries. Um, but at any rate, Logan Paul versus kind of, Roman, kind Reigns. of
0: like stand up comedian Chris D'Elia. Uh,
1: very, name? very similar, actually. Very yeah. similar. It, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how some of these, uh, some of these social monikers, media and, and comedy stars are, are trying to emulate one another. Yep. Um, At any rate, Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, there's one thing that uh, Michael Cole, by the way, let us know up front, which I love. Whenever someone does a history segment that furthers the match, Michael Cole lets us know up front, only Bob Backlund, Pedro Morales, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno Sammartino held the tighter longer than Roman Reigns has. Uh, Roman clowning Logan with facial expressions up front (laughs) was awesome. Here's what I disagree with. A lot of people were going overboard about how spectacular Logan Paul was in the match. Yeah, that's his job because he can't tell a story yet. He is a supremely gifted athlete who can pull off a lot of different spectacular moves. But all of the storytelling in that match fell on the shoulders of Roman Reigns. And Roman carried that match and carried it well because, yeah, Logan Paul can do some really spectacular stuff, but he can't wrestle a storytelling style match. Well, he's going to get was, there.
0: I, th- I think he he's going to be. I think he's like. I think he's the next Ronda Rousey. I think he's going to be the next, like, oh, we're bringing him in for a couple. Holy shit, this guy's good. Yeah. I mean, he. But, but
1: Paul is there for the high spots and he didn't disappoint. His lack of ring work means that none of his moveset is over beyond being flashy, which is a problem. Like, that's the thing. Like, Paul can do so much. That there isn't one move where it's like, oh, he did the thing. There's no, he doesn't have that. He just does a bunch of stuff. And so yeah. no move is supremely over. Yes, th- he does spectacular things, but uh, I loved Roman's work in that match. Uh, Roman is very quickly becoming uh, a contender now for one of my all-time favorites, like top five because he's just so unbelievably good. And he's and having fun on with it. spectacular When yeah, when, totally. Sam,
0: when Sammy Zanes, when he feeds those guys right to Sammy to try, I mean, he's good, but like, let's get to the kind of unpleasant business. Um, you know, I, I was not surprised to see triple H. I understand he's the head of creative. He's kind of the, the face of WWE for all um, intents and purposes. Now that Vince McMahon is permanently gone from what we understand that that investigation is over. Um, he's now eating dinner at, uh, go look up the image on Twitter online. <laughs> he's eating dinner. I think at the same restaurant that Mitt Romney and Donald Trump had that dinner. It's interesting how that worked out. Uh, very similar picture. Uh, but triple H, I was not surprised he triple H appearing with, uh, the crown prince Saudi Arabia. That was, uh, Vince's old spot. Um, I will say that it was jarring. Personally, it, I'll just my honest reaction. When I saw Stephanie McMahon with the crown prince, uh, I didn't quite know what to think of that. I get the thing of, we're doing it for the people. We're trying to liberate the people, but you're with the person who is oppressing them. So, and,
1: and the genuflection that they were doing towards the crown prince and the kingdom was disgusting. It was quite frankly, embarrassing. It was uh, Trump fondling the, Glowing orb all over again. It was an unnecessary bending at the knee to a regime that is is antithetical to what we believe in this country, and I hated it. I hated every second of that press conference. It was disgusting and gross, and it's, it's still it it it's, it feels icky to even talk about it. It was that gross.
0: My only thing is the visual of someone that I have a lot of respect for, Stephanie McMahon, with that dude. I don't know. I just didn't. It was very disappointing to me. I'm not saying I'm necessarily disappointed and hurt. It was just, I saw that and said that what? And, uh, I didn't really get to, I'll be honest. It kind of drove me away from the premium live event. I kind of only watched a couple of the matches that I heard about after the fact. And I watched the Bray thing and whatever. But like, uh, I just was like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel sad about this. And I think um,
1: it, it shows a tremendous lack of respect Not just for not just for the fans, because let's 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 get down to the brass tax. So they made supposedly 50 million dollars for this one event, which is more than any WrestleMania, more than any premium live event. It's a gigantic piece of revenue. I wouldn't go as far to say as if they don't do it, they have to lay people off. I think that's a little
0: Tom. They have their their. Look, like without going into stuff because there are, you know, non-disclosures and everything, there's a lot of that company that was, that is riding on that deal. And I, I will again say that two parts, parts, two sides of that coin. First of all, this deal was done before the incident that we all know about. That said, it's also Saudi Arabia. So it is kind of like there was a, it was a risk that, um, I don't know. And, The interesting thing is their other big investment where they got a lot of money. Peacock. You know, what's interesting about first of all, I just want to tie this up before anything. I just want to say that I just wish I could ask Stephanie McMahon about it. I wish I could just say, what's up. Give your side of this. I know her to be a person who in that building, at least is more left leaning than, than most, let's say. And she really does believe in the women's movement. She's, she is, I do believe a feminist. And I want to say, why were you standing next to that guy? And I just want to hear what you have to say, because I'm just puzzled by it. And it's sort of like when we see people that we know from the comedy world doing commercials for things that we're like, what? Like, that's the feeling I got. Um, well, And
1: there were choice words that she used that should not have been used. There was a lot of very kind of unnecessarily, uh, be- again, to use the term bending at the knee, the language that they were using was so like just wormy Um, Look at the people that they affected on their own roster. Let's remove the fans from it because they don't care what we think. We're either going to watch them or we're not. They're making money hand over fist for most events. They don't care what our social justice warrior bullshit is. They really don't. They're a corporation. They need to make more money every year than the previous year. That's all they care about. Fine. Look at the people on their roster they affected. The night before Crown Jewel on SmackDown, what was the first match? The first match was, it was Liv, Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville cannot go to Saudi Arabia because nope. she is LGBTQ, which is punishable by death then, in and Saudi then Arabia. MV, and by M- the way, they put on a, a, a PLE worthy match. They put on a banger of a no disqualification match that was awesome.
0: And also, MVP, just because he doesn't, nec- he doesn't openly believe in God, is not legally allowed in Saudi Arabia? Worse, he, he was a Muslim and has
1: since become an atheist. And like, that I think a is lot of illegal in the kingdom. So he had to be written off <laughs> of TV because of that. <sighs> um, and that, so during the PLE, there, there was one sad thing. During the Bianca and Bailey match, and by the way, all the women had to work from, basically covered from the neck down. During the Bianca and Bailey match, there was a point where a golf cart was introduced and you know, what was introduced to law in 2017 in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yes. Women got to drive. Yeah. So maybe that was a little trolley thing. I doubt it, but whatever, you know, it's just, it, there's so much wrong with that deal. Maybe and I just,
0: and, maybe I just come back around and say my other, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to, to the mat pun intended ah, dad joke um, about Stephanie McMahon, but I don't know, maybe, maybe she threw herself on that so that people could get away with that kind of stuff. Maybe it was one of these things where it was like, Hey, to make sure the talent gets home safe, to make sure people are taken care of, I'm going to go and fist bump with this dude, the, the crown prince, Saudi Arabia. I don't know. It just made me feel weird, but I will say on the other hand, They have the other big deal from Peacock, which is what I'm getting to. But, hey, thanks to Casey Anthony, WWE no longer the most violent and shocking thing. (laughs) It's now G-rated, relatively speaking. But that's that's for another time. If you want to check out and see what happens with Bray Wyatt and uh, Uncle Howdy. Again, Vince isn't there anymore, so all the lame ideas and silly names are gone. Anyway, Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt. Love Bray Wyatt. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to try to stay on the bandwagon as long as I can. But man, you gotta give me something. I just need something. Friday Night SmackDown Fridays at eight on Fox. And it is now time for AEW and sometimes why. AEW and sometimes why. Tommy, you wanted to talk about. Uh, we got a couple Jim Cornette things going on, and they're different ends of the spectrum. Give us a first one.
1: I have been up and down as far as being a fan, an occasional fan of Jim Cornette, because Jim is a guy who spent a lot of time in the business is occasionally funny uh, and purports to be left leaning, which is rare in the wrestling business period and is occasionally a brave stance to take. Uh, But he put out a podcast and subsequent videos on YouTube. Is he left-leaning
2: about, or just a Trump hater?
1: Yeah, he just hates Trump. Because <laughs> we're, that we're to me to is that. like, at a certain yeah.
2: point, it's like, yeah, we all do. we yeah, all Jim, should.
1: Jim Cornette's idea of being left-leaning is,
2: I hate Donald Trump
1: and Mexicans. Like, that's, that's literally <laughs> him. Let's okay, get to that. Yeah. So, so Jim Cornette discussed if he took over the AEW roster, who his cuts would be chief among them orange cassidy uh what? all atlantic champion orange cassidy who he our- calls who he calls pockets and thinks is a joke and a terrible wrestler and the lucha bros ray phoenix and penta el cero miedo who he said I'd send them back to tijuana uh first of all you fucking cretin it's tijuana second of all they're not from tijuana they're from Ciudad Mexico. They are from the DF. They are from Mexico city. Mexico city is not Tijuana and Tijuana is not all of Mexico. You dumb fuck.
0: Sorry, Tom. Wasn't it a, they might be giant song. You just saying, or am I thinking yes. of something else?
1: Put a little dumb fuck in your soul. I yes. am so exhausted by Jim Cornette talking about AEW and then having people like Mick Foley, who I adore and who I think is great then go and say something like, so Mick recently said that, oh, just go to AEW, gym and work there. What? Wait, wait, wait. Do, are you listening to a word that guy has to say? He doesn't know about wrestling anymore. He is literally, anytime I hear Jim Cornette actually talk about wrestling, it's all about the era back in the day with the Midnight Express and when movies were five cents a ticket. It's just his brain is literally decades in the past. Again, and Tommy he, Rico saying this. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to look past the racism. I'm not because he has an anti-Mexican bias and an anti-Japanese bias that is so blatant that if it was ever if it was ever like if you ever put a, shot, a spotlight on it and you didn't have his apologist going, oh, that's just Jim. He'd be he'd be literally canceled. Because he is absolutely a racist and a sexist. He is, his opinions on women's wrestling are disgusting, beyond gross. But at any rate, let's let's circle back. Orange Cassidy last week as the All-Atlantic champion got to wrestle a dream match because he won a triple threat match uh, with Luchasaurus and ray fenix which was a banger which as as you would expect with those people involved you had had the huge guy throwing your buddies around your
0: buddies your you and zo you guys are buzzed with those guys now absolutely yep
1: but uh at any rate great match and because cassidy won and retained the all atlantic championship he got to have a dream match and his dream match was with katsuyori Shibata who is a guy that we never thought we would see in the ring again. I am not really well versed in Japanese wrestling. I'm starting to be because there are certain performers that I've seen make the transition over here and they're so weird and interesting and cool. And so now I'm starting to kind of go back in the archives and say, okay, what, what's the essentials? Like, what do I have to see in Japanese wrestling? And Katsuyori Shibata was a guy who was so legitimate. His nickname is the wrestler. Okay. So this guy is absolutely legit, legit AF. And he, one of the best things I saw just looking at Shibata footage. He had a legitimate mixed martial arts match. So he's a shoot fighter. He was in an actual mixed martial arts fight where he, the, once the bell rang, he sprinted across the ring and threw his body back first into the other wrestler which was just one of the most bananas. I've never seen anything like that in a real fight. And it worked because the guy was just like, what? what the hell is that? It was Katsuyori Shibata had a major brain injury and was feared never going to wrestle again. Uh, it, it went way beyond concussions. This was not a Daniel Bryan situation, Dan, Bryan Danielson, where he, ate, he went into hyperbaric chambers and healed his, his concussion syndrome. This was a guy who had a legitimate brain injury finished a match, almost died, and had to retire. But he is one of the legends of Japanese wrestling. He came back to wrestle Orange Cassidy. And his two dream matches are with the aforementioned Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson. So number one, Katsuyori Shibata has put Orange Cassidy in a class with Brian Danielson. And number two, Jim Cornette do you think you know more about wrestling than Katsuyori Shibata, a guy whose nickname is The Wrestler? But yeah, sure, just keep calling him Pockets, keep calling Orange Cassidy Pockets, keep telling everybody he's silly and that you'd, you'd, you could book the territory best. You know, you'd have a bunch of beefy guys that looked like they just walked out of a steakhouse in the 70s. I mean, he, he lo- the Midnight Express, they were a wonderful tag team in their era. They looked like someone picked them out of the crowd, but sure, they were a wonderful tag team that somehow never made it to WWE. I wonder why that was uh, at any rate,'m just I've, I've grown so tired of listening to Jim be racist and sexist and just say stupid things, stupid, provably dumb things that I, I, I'm, I'm to the point where I can't I can't listen to his podcast I can't watch his videos I'm done I, I just everything that comes out of his mouth for every one thing that he says correctly, he says like 30 or 40 hideously bad things that are beyond the pale. So uh, at any rate, great week for orange Cassidy, not, not a super fan of uh, Jim's opinions.
0: On the other hand, (laughs) Julie and I are still here. Um, (laughs) You know who Jim Cornette loves? Sammy Zayn. Did you see that Jim Cornette went on and on about how much that is the only thing he loves to watch in wrestling. And did you see Sammy's reply on Twitter? It was just dot, dot, dot. And he wrote dog <laughs> spelled D a W G.
1: Well, do you know their history? Kind of Jim, Jim Cornette has been shitting on Sammy Zayn as long as Sammy Zayn has been wrestling. When Sami Zayn was in a mask wrestling as El Generico, he hated that. And he has hated Sami Zayn basically up until the point last week where he decided to like him. So okay, sure. I mean, I'm sure Sammy has not missed that. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's no way that he hasn't heard all the shitty things that Jim has said about him over the years ad nauseum. But, but it's okay. it's but, still
0: but it's still, it seemed like Sammy was genuinely touched he's won somebody that does not seem to like anything over. Cause like with Vince Russo, I just th- like, like, I just think a lot of that's just the work. I think a lot of that's him trying to be contrarian, but Jim, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> like Jim, it's like, uh, I've never met Jim Cornette. Um, it was always a, a name you brought up and then it w- went away in five seconds. It was not really a name you brought up. Um, he's not working at a wrestling company for a reason. And well, he
1: hasn't worked at a wrestling company for a long time for a reason. And that is, he's Jim Cornette.
0: Okay, well, again, that's Tommy Rico saying that. Um, I agree with some of what Tommy Rico saying, but I don't know. Like, I feel like Jim Cornette's, he's a pundit. Yeah, you go there and he's see what he has to say, but yeah, it gets to a certain point where when you're calling Orange Cassidy, who wasn't he like a top Halloween costume in the fucking United States this year? And you're calling him Pockets? Well, beyond that, it's,
1: so to to discount what Orange Cassidy can do in the ring, that's like saying, ah, Shawn Michaels, he had a, all that flash and flair. I don't like none of that. Like, it's stupid. It's Whoa. dumb because you don't like the presentation. You don't like the wrestling. It's the it's, it's counterintuitive.
0: Holy shit. Tommy Rico, he doesn't do accents and he just did a pretty good Jim Cornette. That's <laughs> because- how angry you are. Bro. I'm
1: super pissed at him because it's the, the things that he has said. And this goes beyond Cassidy. This is just a history of Jim. Like he'll say something great. And then all of a sudden, and I was watching the pay-per-view. I saw, fast forward all the women's matches. Don't like that. But I went to the dude, what? He's, he's just, he's not a fan of women in the ring. He, and he'll point. The thing about Jim is he'll always have that like one exception. Like, especially like if I if, if anybody ever confronted him and said, hey, Jim, you, you don't seem to like Mexicans. He'd be like, no, I, I liked Eddie Guerrero, which sounds a lot like I have a black friend, um, which I'm sure Jim also feels that way about. Um, I eh. just I'm exhausted by Jim Cornette. And it I'm, I'm tired of hearing him as a serious voice. And it's like, dude, you you have opinions that are not rooted in any kind of reality other than I like, I dislike. Okay, well, then you're a child. You're a kid commenting Whoa. on shit.
0: Whoa. Well, Jim Cornette has had a lot to say about uh, comedy writers and wrestling, and I found some of it to be personally true. Um, and you know what? There are some ways that in, I, I don't agree with Jim Cornette. There are some ways I do identify because he cares about something. I get people that really care about a genre. There are things I care about in entertainment I've worked in, and I I get passionate about them. But you know what? We've said this before, and it would be entertaining. Jim Cornette's always saying, I don't know where they get these comedy writers and what they have them doing there. Hey, we'd love to tell Jim Cornette what we did there. And I know I would love to, to sit back with a nice big bucket of popcorn that I'd like to share with Julie while Tommy Rico and Jim Cornette have a little discussion. That might be kind of fun. So just putting it out there that if Jim Cornette, because we know he's not afraid of anyone, if Jim Cornette would like to come and talk to some of the comedy writers, come on, come on, turnbuckles. Um, and John,
1: do we have three hours that day? Because that's how long his podcast is. Well, no, I might go do go. some,
0: I'm probably going to do some errands. For a little bit of it and I think Julie will probably get some work done as well but luckily um, I'm
2: not pretty enough for him to dislike me so I've got that on my side
1: I'm thank you I'm too pretty that's a callback burn on Jim Cornette
0: and uh, I think for this podcast uh, we've done a good one and we had fun so take us home as you always do Julie
2: Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, review, and give us a nice five-star rating.
0: Uh, let the writers dress like writers, and uh, if you can, maybe have more events where the female superstars can dress as they normally dress, as female superstars. And to all the listeners, make sure you tick our talk. We're at Turnbuckles Pod on TikTok and at Turnbuckles Pod on Instagram. And go check out our YouTube channel, where people keep going and checking it out. And as always, until next week,
1: see ya, buckleheads!